Welcome, Hemming Brainy Backs, to the Back Brock Pack and a Mac Snack Athon podcast. The best podcast ever. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, head to patreon.com slash the Hemingway list. You can do it there. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 per month, and that would be bloody excellent of you. Um, yeah, that's patreon.com slash the Hemingway list. All right. Tonight's episode is also brought to you by our new community uniform, which Stacey has been kind enough to post on the subreddit. Community uniform for the duration of Of Human Bondage. Seems fitting. I love this. This is really funny. The more I look at it, the more fitting it looks. First of all, it's pyjamas. Very fitting, because I think most people listen to this podcast in bed. Or even if you're not in bed, it's lockdown. So, you know, we're all just wearing pyjamas anyway. Um, And it says, I'm so excited. Hilarious pun. Uh, but also egg-based, which is good. Uh, and there's a picture of an egg with a happy face. Uh, there's also some shorts that go with the pyjamas, which are covered in fried eggs. Then some slippers. Very handy. A bottle of... I'm not sure what the bottle is. Some kind of a little drink bottle. But completing the set is a pair of reading spectacles. So really, I think you've actually found the ideal uniform, for at least for this book. Very cool. Very nicely done. Uh, chapter 12. Would this immunity to punishment make you feel better or worse about your clubfoot? How will Philip survive his tormentor? Uh, I feel like I've just gone from a really silly intro to two very serious questions. Um, but swims to the mum for you said, uh, would the immunity to punishment make you feel better or worse about your clubfoot? Oh, worse, definitely. I was singled out for being left-handed in second grade. So seven to eight years old, and sent to another class to learn how to write because that teacher happened to be left-handed and my teacher thought it would help. Which is dumb when you think about it since this left-handed teacher was teaching right-handed students. All they did was highlight that I was different in some way from the others and sent away. Hopefully Philip has inner resilience and fortitude. You know, it's really strange um, that they made such a big deal about you being left-handed. Really, like singled out for it it's so common that's really strange um starfall 15 says the first sentence gave me hope that all will be well then immediately it turned south i couldn't believe my initial reaction i was actually wishing philip would get the same corporal punishment anything so he feels the same and fits in the one that shall not be named description of philip's childhood is reviving memories of school life last week i was busy dropping my first one, to college, and couldn't keep up with the discussion, just saw lots of discussions and a sketch about eggs, and I kept wondering what this book was about. (laughs) I can see why that would be confusing. It is mostly about eggs so far, and there's also some humans. Um, College for your, your first one, your oldest, I suppose. Very nice. Big milestone. Um, and I also appreciate you calling, um, the author, the one that shall not be named. Very, very cool. Acoustic Eel says, welcome back. Hope college goes okay for your kid. Fair warning, since you missed the earlier discussions, we have an informal guideline, all-encompassing edict, that we don't use the author's last name because it's awkward for Ant to say aloud on the podcast. Hey, hey, don't put this on me. It's an awkward name to say. All right. 
Morkham. Is that it? I still don't know. More. I'm not, even, I'm not getting into this again. It's a dumb name. Um, <laughs> it's not on me. All right. Uh, you may want to edit your comment to remove such instances, although Andrew is merciful and might let you off with a warning. Well, it looks like you edited it before I got to it, so that's good. We've been using his initials or calling him Somerset or the author. But yeah, I'm also start, studying college this week, grad school for me, mostly online. I'm in America, so we're all pretty much waiting for an outbreak to happen and campus to close down the rest of the way. I give it until the second week of September. Damn. Um... Everyone's starting college, hey? I suppose, like, there's not much else to do at the moment, hey? It feels like we should be doing something productive. That's, well, at least that's how I feel. Acoustic Eel says, egg count, five. We're up to five eggs in this book so far. Man, I can only think of three, but um, thank you for keeping tabs. J.P. Guthrie says, Oh, like many, I was mortified when Mr. Watson let him off because he's a cripple. I might actually have helped Philip gain... Sorry, it might actually have helped Philip gain some respect with the other boys in a sad, twisted way. Simply Productive says, Oh my gosh, it definitely makes it worse. For sure, absolutely horrible. It's the same thing as I have chronic tendon problems in both wrists, but I can hide it. However, I am disabled. Like, for sure. I can't do a lot of things normal people can, but I can always, always hide it by acting like a weak female because it largely results in what appears to be strength problems, so I can hide my problems. However, I had one co-worker who would loudly talk about it in front of customers at an old job. Do you need me to do that? I don't want you to hurt your disability. <laughs> what a way. Did they really say it like that? I don't want you to hurt your disability. It was utterly mortifying each time and every time, and even though I asked them to stop, they wouldn't. To this day, only like 10 or 15 people know I have a disability. I just stopped telling people. I wish Philip could hide his foot. Well, there you go. Now, a lot of people know. I suppose we don't really know who you are, though, so your secret is safe with us. Fix the Blue says, I hope, sorry, I had hope at the start of this chapter that the boys came to accept Philip's club foot and could see past it somewhat. Unfortunately not. Kids can be so cruel, but that teacher did Philip no favours. I in no way condone this form of archaic punishment, but no doubt he would have been less of a target and suffered less if he had also received Cain alongside Singer. Yeah, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing here. Um, that, yeah, it would have given him some cred among his peers if he had have got the Cain, and him getting off, yeah, no, that's not good cred. That's not good cred. Um, I was thinking also while reading this chapter, I, I didn't really know, like, what does a club foot look like? So I looked it up and then saw that there's, it's, you know, Google comes up with kind of all the information about it and pretty much just said it's it's treatable to the point where, you know, it's not a problem anymore. If you have it, they can pretty much just cure it and you live a normal life it's, it doesn't stop you from doing anything you can run normal play sports normal all the rest and the treatment is a serious it's like physiotherapy that they do on um, newborns sort of a series of massaging and stretching and bending and, and all the rest um, and so now if you are born club footed they just kind of you know your parents will just rub your shins and your 
calves and your feet and follow the guidelines from the physio and cure it and then it's just normal it's so frustrating too when like it, it, all of these books all of just about every ailment that any character has it's just like yep that wouldn't be a problem now uh, and it causes them so much grief and there's that frustration of like man it would have sucked to live back then anyway Acoustic Eel says it would probably be better if the schoolmaster hit Philip, I can't believe I'm saying that, because now that he didn't, the other boys will. The schoolmaster would have punished him for violating a petty prohibition of a game, punishment, a brief caning. The boys would punish him for being, as they see it, the beneficiary of an unjust system that doles out punishment unequally among the students. Punishment, a severe beating, probably many against one, until they feel justice has been served. I just finished reading Ender's Game, so I expect to see Philip cope by coaching one of the football teams to militaristic precision, leading them on a stunning streak of strategic victories, and when he's off the pitch, besting Singer and whoever else dares to cross him in a series of brief but devastating bouts of unarmed hand-to-hand combat, possibly involving null gravity. Yeah, it's a pretty solid guess at what will happen next. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's keep reading and find out. Ender's Game was a good game. Uh, a good game. A good book. I read that um, many years ago in San Diego at San Diego Comic Con. I read Ender's Game. Two thousand and thirteen. There you go. All right. Uh, that's the discussion done. So now we are going to reach up to thirteen. Goes like this. Two years passed. Oh damn! We just skipped two whole years. Uh, two years passed and Philip was nearly 12. He was in the first form within two or three places of the top and after Christmas when several boys would be leaving for the senior school, he would be head boy. He had already quite a collection of prizes, worthless books on bad paper, but in gorgeous bindings decorated with the arms of the school. His position had freed him from bullying and he was not unhappy. His fellows forgave him his success because of his deformity. After all, it's jolly easy for him to get prizes, they said. There's nothing he can do but swat. He had lost his early terror of Mr. Watson. He had grown used to the loud voice, and when the headmaster's heavy hand was laid on his shoulder, Philip discerned vaguely the intention of a caress. He had the good memory which is more useful for scholastic achievements than mental power, and he knew Mr. Watson expected him to leave the preparatory school with a scholarship. But he had grown very self-conscious, the newborn child does not realise that his body is more a part of himself than surrounding objects and will play with his toes without any feeling that they belong to him more than a rattle by his side, and it is only by degrees through pain that he understands the fact of the body. And experiences of the same kind are necessary for the individual to become conscious of himself. But here there is a difference, that although everyone becomes equally conscious of his body, as a separate and complete organism, everybody does not become equally conscious of himself as a complete and separate personality. The feeling of apartness from others comes to most with puberty, but it is not always developed to such a degree as to make the difference between the individual and his fellows noticeable to the individual. It is such as he, as little conscious of himself, as the bee in a hive, who are the lucky in life for they have the best chance of happiness. Their activities are shared by all, and their pleasures are only pleasures because they are enjoyed in common. You will see them on Whit Monday dancing on Hampstead Heath, 
shouting at a football match, or from club windows in Pall Mall, cheering a royal procession. It is because of them that man has been called a social animal. Philip passed from the innocence of childhood to bitter consciousness of himself by the ridicule which his club foot had excited. The circumstances of his case were so peculiar that he could not apply to them the ready-made rules which acted well enough in ordinary affairs, and he was forced to think for himself. The many books he had read filled his mind with ideas which, because he only half understood them, gave more scope to his imagination. Beneath his painful shyness something was growing up within him, and obscurely he realised his personality, but at times it gave him odd surprises. He did things he knew not why, and afterwards, when he thought of them, found himself at all, all at sea. There was a boy called Lord, between whom and Philip a friendship had arisen, and one day, when they were playing together in the schoolroom, Lord began to perform some trick with an ebony penholder of Philip's. Don't play the giddy ox, Philip said. You'll only break it. I shan't. But no sooner were the words out of the boy's mouth and the penholder snapped in two, Lord looked at Philip with dismay. I say, I'm awfully sorry. The tears rolled down Philip's cheeks, but he did not answer. I say, what's the matter, said Lord with surprise. I'll get you another one exactly the same. It's not about the penholder I care, said Philip in a trembling voice. Only it was given me by my mater, just before my mother, just before she died. Mater? Mater? Mother? I say I'm awfully sorry, Carrie. It doesn't matter, it wasn't your fault. Philip took the two pieces of the penholder and looked at them. He tried to restrain his sobs. He felt utterly miserable, and yet he could not tell why, for he knew quite well that he had been, that he had bought the penholder during his last holidays at Blackstable for one and twopence. He did not know in the least what had made him invent the pathetic story, but he was quite as unhappy as though it had been true. The pious, pious atmosphere of the vicarage and the religious tone of the school had made Philip's conscience very sensitive. He absorbed insensibly the feeling about him that the tempter was even on the watch to gain his immortal soul, and though he was not more truthful than most boys, he never told a lie without suffering from remorse. When he thought over this incident, he was very much distressed and made up his mind that he must go to Lord and tell him that the story was an invention. Though he dreaded humiliation more than anything in the world, he hugged himself for two or three days at the thought of the agonizing joy of humiliating himself to the glory of God. But he never got any further. He satisfied his conscience by the more comfortable method of expressing his repentance only to the Almighty. But he could not understand why he should have been so genuinely affected by the story he was making up. The tears that flowed down his grubby cheeks were real tears. Then by some accident of association there occurred to him that scene when Emma had told him of his mother's death, and though he could not speak for crying, he had insisted on going in to say goodbye to the Mrs. Watkin so that they might see his grief and pity him. Alright, there we go. Another chapter down. Poor Philip. He's kind of riddled with this guilt. Too much guilt for a young lad. Um, Have your say over at the subreddit, patreon.com slash the Hemingway list as well, if you would like to support the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you tomorrow.